The Pelicans have two picks in the second round. Which prospect might be the next Herb Jones? I'll let you know in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans with eight players New Orleans might take in the second round. Let's go. You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Tuesday, we are covering second round picks for the New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, they have two picks in the second round. Is there another Herb Jones there? Is there someone who could be a surprise, a steal of the draft? I've got eight names for you that I find intriguing and the Pelicans might take in the second round. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. Who they might take at eight, options for trading back, who they're going to draft in the second round with those picks, what they might do with those picks in general. We'll get to that part in a second. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about a show and leave the fi- and leave a five-star review with a comment. And of course, comment on YouTube as well. So let's set some expectations first because I know you're all thinking after the success of Herb Jones, what could they do in the second round? That was so unexpected, right? Well, it's unexpected for a reason. So some things to keep in mind here. The Pelicans don't really have a roster spot for a second-round pick right now, barring a trade. They have one open roster spot that's earmarked for the eighth pick. Now they might mix things up and create some room. But the other thing to consider is second-round picks historically don't work out, particularly after the first 10. Once you get after 40, it drops off significantly, and those guys end up being the equivalent of 10-day contracts in the NBA. Injury replacements. Not guys that are even role players, end of bench guys, guys that barely stay in the league and only play you know, a handful of minutes a year, if that. Herb Jones, huge exception, huge exception. So keep that in mind that if they don't use these picks, and I'll get into those options in a second, or the guy doesn't work out, it's okay. Think about the past number of second round picks they've had, right? Frank Jackson didn't work out. Check Diallo didn't work out. We could go back further than that, right? With some of the guys that they have taken too. And it does. Tony Carr was one. He never even played in the NBA. It's very rare that second round picks work out to be Herb Jones, a starter, right? Let alone a guy like Nikola Jokic, two-time MVP, is even more so of an outlier that it just doesn't happen. So I don't put a ton of value in second round picks. So keep that in mind a little bit here that if you're like, no, these guys are going to be awesome. Like three of them work out in the NBA every season. It could be the Pelicans ones, but usually it's in the picks like 31 to 39 to 40. That's where those guys are. And look, the Pelicans have picked 41 and 52. So not the most appealing options there for New Orleans. There's not a lot of historical success there for what this team could do. So keep in mind that roster spot, right? This means they might try and package 41 and 52 to move up, maybe get into the first 10 picks of the second round. I don't think that pick 52 is a ton of value. I think it'll be kind of hard. Maybe you can get to like 38, but that's at least still moving up and kind of consolidating two things, including one that you don't really need nor want, into one that 
at least could be a little bit better. I also think there's a chance they sell one of the picks. And I think that is probably a pretty high chance that they sell one of the picks. You can sell picks in the NBA draft. Each team is allowed to send out a certain amount of cash per year and receive a certain amount of cash per year. The rate for, you know, the 52 pick is probably under half a million dollars, maybe right around that. So I wouldn't be shocked if they just sell it, get some cash and like, cool, call it a day because where's that guy going to go? You know, these picks in the second round don't particularly want to be two-way players. They don't really want to spend their time only in the G League, so they're not going to sign an Exhibit 10. They want to try and get some guaranteed NBA money. So you've got to kind of keep that in mind, too, that the guy might not sign a contract and might go play overseas if you're not giving him a good situation or good option. So you've got to be careful. So that might mean they end up selling the 52nd pick and just drafting at 41 instead. If they do that, I don't think that's a big deal. I saw a lot of you last year screaming, how dare you sell that pick when you could get an MVP like Jokic? Again, I stress Jokic is such an outlier. Herb Jones is an outlier. Jokic even more so. But I don't see the Pelicans drafting two guys in the second round. They're going to try and consolidate to maybe move up. I wouldn't be shocked if they potentially sell both of the picks depending on who they draft in the first round, particularly if they stay at eight. There just aren't roster spots to go around, and those guys aren't going to accept a two-way. They're likely not going to accept time, a significant time in the G League potentially as well. So I don't think the Pelicans are in a great position with these second-round picks. That said, i got eight intriguing names for you here that I think the Pelicans are going to kick the tires on and try and look at, and let's break them all down. We'll do four per segment. Coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans, can I interest you in Patrick Baldwin Jr., Kean Ellis, Kai Soto, or Carlo Makrovic? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award winning app Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. You pick two to five players in an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And the best part, it's just you versus the projected numbers. You're not going against pros doing this full-time who have algorithms, machine learning. You see the numbers, right? And you go above that or below that. And it's so easy that entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. And you get to use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. And they offer any prop you can think of. Points scored, rebounds, steals. And it's not just the NBA, right? You can get in on college basketball when it's season, college football, NFL, MLB right now, MMA, soccer. They've got everything you could want. You can get in on it over at Prize Picks. So for a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive offer just for locked on listeners. You're going to get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Pick entry scores a single point. But you got to use promo code NBA. Exclusive offer for locked on fans. Sign up today and use promo code NBA $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Pick entry scores a single point. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, Monday through Friday. And did I mention free? No one else coming to you like this, this regularly, breaking down everything you want to know. Eight second round prospects that the Pelicans might draft. Where are you getting that? Anywhere else. So subscribe, tell a friend about the show, and of course, comment down below on YouTube. Is there someone else you're thinking of? What do you think of any of the guys that I'm mentioning here? So let's dive into them. We're going to go a little bit rapid fire. Let's start with Patrick Baldwin Jr., maybe the most intriguing second round pick, second round prospect there is. Spent one season at Milwaukee playing under his dad, Patrick Baldwin Sr., and injuries limited him to just 11 games. But he's 19-year-old forward with, uh, who's 6'10 with a 7'1 wingspan and a former Gatorade player of the year in high school. 
Averaged 12 points per game, six rebounds, one and a half assists, 8.8 steals, 0.8 blocks to go with eh, 2.1 turnovers. On shooting splits of 34% from the field, 27% from three, and 74% from the line. He's a big shooter that should thrive in a driving kick offense. But when you look at his shooting splits, it leaves a lot to be desired. And that's in college. That's also playing in FIBA as well. The form is good, though. And he should be able to shoot over people. And I think that's going to make him an intriguing guy, but he hasn't put it together yet. And I think that's probably knocked him down draft boards. Definitely could have used another year in college, but I think his plan was always to play, go one and done for his dad. And he just didn't show out as well. And that probably cost him being a potential lottery pick. If you want to go the Dell Demps route of like former blue chip high school player that didn't do well in college. So get him in the second round to see if that potential is still there. Patrick Baldwin Jr. is it. He's got good length to defend on the perimeter, but his athleticism is not great. But he has good size and is a good rebounder because of it. And he's an underrated ball handler who can really get into a shot kind of quickly. But he's going to need to have shot well in his workouts to really be considered a high second round pick. Next up, Kean Ellis, 22 years old, a senior out of Alabama. Where have I heard that before, right? There's a bit of a track record and a pipeline from Alabama to the New Orleans Pelicans right now. He's a shooting guard who's 6'6". And going back for his final year at Alabama was clearly a smart move for him. He was uh, he made the SEC all-defensive team. Again, where have I heard this before? And in fact, he and Herb Jones are very close friends. 12 points per game, 6 rebounds, 1.8 assists, 2 steals per game on shooting splits of 44% from the field, 37 from 3, 88% from the line. He's an older player at 22, but he projects to be an NBA-ready rotational wing player like Herb Jones. He's great off the ball on offense with tons of movement. He cuts like crazy, right? And it makes defenders use energy and have to keep track of him. And he shoots very quickly off catch and shoots 37% from deep. It's good. 88% from the line projects well. Plus, he has a strong pump fake which gets guys off balance and allows him to attack. And you've got to have a guy with a goofy and good pump fake, right? That players bite on. We love those type of guys in New Orleans. Whether it's what Luke Babbitt, uh, Terrence Jones as well. He's going to need to add strength to be a solid defender in the NBA, but he has good balance and good footwork to keep up with most guys. Next up, Kai Soto, center from the Philippines. 7-2. 20 years old, playing in the Australian-New Zealand League, the MBL, for the Adelaide side. He he rebounds and block shots. That's kind of what he does. He has good footwork down low, and his jump shot has improved as the season went on. And he shot 35.7% from deep, from three, but on just 14 attempts. And 68.1% from the line isn't great. You know, in the last five games of their season, he, he this is kind of what made him make the decision to enter the draft. 11.6 points on 52.6% shooting, 4.2 boards, and 1.2 blocks. Another season would have helped him before going pro, and he's primarily going to be a lob threat and a finisher. He is a good role man, and he is a good cutter, and he has solid mobility and awareness, but he's super raw, and I look at him, and I just don't know what he does well. Like other than, but better than other guys, but it's seven two the size, right? And young was a lot of upside there. It makes him an intriguing guy to potentially try and take in the second round as a project. 
So one more in this segment, then we'll get into four other guys after this. Carlo Makovic out of Croatia. He plays in Serbia. He's a forward at 6'10", 11.6 points per game, 6.2 rebounds. He's an awesome pick-and-roll big. I think he's better than Soto is. A good roll man, and he's above-the-rim finisher. Plus, he has a good release on his jump shot, but he's inconsistent with no three-point range whatsoever. He can at least potentially be a two-point shooter. If he has that... That's a pretty big thing, and it opens up his game significantly. He is not a disciplined defender, in my opinion. He bites on pump fakes a lot. You see him out of position a good bit, and he definitely is a big man that needs guards to create for him. There's very little self-creation. Not an amazing back-to-the-basket post-up game, but he projects as a big who's an off-ball threat, right? Like an energy springy big man. So if the team ends up moving Jackson Hayes, this is a guy that I think could replace him and give you kind of a lot of what he does as that lob threat, that finisher that can get out and run in transition and create a little bit of havoc on defenses and a guy you need to account for. So four more guys coming up in the next segment here in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Uh, Johnny... Juzang out of UCLA, Isaiah Brockington, Ishmael Kamagate, and Darius Days out of LSU. Four more guys I think the Pelicans might be interested in to potentially take with one of their two second round picks. That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans as we get you set for the upcoming NBA draft. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by rockauto.com. You hear me rave about this site because I use it. I used it before they started sponsoring Locked on Pelicans. And they make my life easier because I work on my cars. So I make sure I get the parts that I need at a good price, and that's rockauto.com. I don't check anywhere else. That is the first spot I check, and they basically have everything I could want. And the best part, it's going to fit my car, and I can choose the price points that I want. Certain parts, I want performance parts. Other parts, you got to get them on the car to keep it running, and that's okay, and those are cheap. So they have whatever it might need to fit your budget. And with all those makes and models out there, Chain Store, not going to carry everything that you might be looking for. So you get to save time and money when using rockauto.com. Their parts are going to be 30 50 sometimes way cheaper, significantly cheaper than the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. They're family business, serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low for every single customer. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. I just ordered a new awesome look and steering wheel for the Corvette and put that on this weekend. It is fantastic. Everything you could need. You can find it on their easy-to-use website, and it's super easy. Your year, your make, your model. They'll show you all the parts available for your car or truck, including carpet if you got to give your ride a little bit of a refresh. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about a box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. It's been draft season for a while. And I've had so much fun covering it, diving into the film on these guys, learning all about these prospects. And today, we are talking second-round picks since the Pelicans have two picks right now when I'm recording this. And hopefully, they don't don't mess all of that up as I'm recording ahead of time. So let's dive into four more guys. So thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. And please subscribe, tell a friend about the show, and leave a five-star review with a comment. Who else is giving you second-round pick talk like this? All right, four more guys. First one I want to highlight is Johnny Juzang, 21 out of UCLA. He's a junior. What's a cool fact I learned about him during this, right? 
you you would actually think with that last name that there is like an Asian heritage in there. And it's true. His mom is from Vietnam, but that's actually not where the last name comes from. Juzang is on his father's side. And his father, though not born or have ever li- has ever lived in Louisiana, his father comes from a Creole family. So Juzang comes from, it's got a Creole heritage to it. And that's the lineage of his last name, which I just thought was kind of a cool story and an aside here. Part of the reason why we're throwing him in here. But he's also an excellent shooter, right? Six foot, six and a half with an 11, uh, 6'11 wingspan, 15.6 points per game, 4.7 rebounds, 1.8 assists, 0.7 steals on top of 1.6 turnovers per game on shooting splits of 43% from the field, 36 from three, and 84% from the free throw line. He's a pure shooter. He's got really good mechanics and a very quality release. He's got a really high release point on his shot. And his quick footwork to get into his shot, meaning he can do it with the ball in his hands, though he doesn't create a lot of space for himself. But because that footwork is so good and he can get into the shot quickly, he's able to get it off even with a little bit of space. And he's got very strong off-ball movement. He can cut well, can turn, catch, plant, and shoot. So he should be a positive shooting role player in the NBA, there's not really any playmaking or self-creation in him. He's a shooter. That's why I called him a pure shooter here. He lacks the athletic tools to be a plus defender in the NBA, though he does have long arms, but he gets burned more often than not. For him to work out, you got to shoot the three ball at an elite pace and in a couple of creative ways, and he at least shows that. For a team that needs more shooting, Juzang, some Creole ties too, I think, which is pretty cool, could be an option for the Pelicans in the second round. Another guy they might be looking at, Isaiah Brockington, someone that they actually brought into New Orleans to work out. Fifth year senior out of Iowa State, 22 years old. He's a little undersized at six foot four, but he has a quick handle and good self-creation and he loves shooting off the dribble. Not as great though on spot up attempts. But he has a high motor that never stops both offensively and on defense. And he's very good at the point of attack and has the athleticism to stay with guys on drives. What's going to hurt him in the NBA is his lack of size. At 6'4", he's slightly undersized. He's a shooter. He wants to go out and score. Can he do this efficiently at that size or is he going to have trouble? And I think that's why he's dropping and could be a guy around the middle of the second round. It hurts him defensively too, right? Other players are able to shoot over him. He can't really close out on guys very well because he lacks that size. And it also limits him to probably just guarding opponent point guards. Again, he's not bad at that, though. If he can be an efficient scorer, he can play with a second unit. Maybe. But being undersized and a little bit older definitely hurts him here. But he was productive in college. Really productive in college. And maybe that's what the Pelicans want. Guys who have just kind of proven it. And with a good handle and good self-creation, they need another guy like that, I think. And it could be Isaiah Brockington. Let's look at another big next, and that's Ishmael Kamagate, 21 years old, out of France. He's a center at 6'11", with a 7'2 wingspan. 11.3 points per game, 6.2 rebounds, 0.7 assists, 0.7 steals, 1.6 blocks on shooting splits of 64% from the field, doesn't shoot threes, 65% from the free throw line. He's got two-way upside. Offensively, he's an above-the-rim finisher with flashes of a mid-range game. So unlike Soto, you trust him maybe to do more than just finish above the basket. Same, you know, similar in the vein as Matkovich as well. 
but I think he's got a little bit more versatility to him. And he's definitely shown off mid-range game. If he can do that, he's going to be an efficient two-point scorer. And he's got an NBA-ready body. And more importantly for a center, he can actually defend in space and switch on to guards. He's got very good recovery ability at the rim and on closeouts. And he can do a little bit of playmaking out of the short roll to find other cutters when he's going off in pick-and-roll situations and they get him the ball early. I want centers to have a versatile skill set, to not just be one-dimensional guys. Of the ones I've mentioned here, I think Kamagate probably has the best chance of being that guy at the NBA level. And then finally, you know, got to put an LSU guy on here. Darius Days, 22, LSU, senior, six foot seven with a seven foot wingspan. He's a forward that can also play a little bit of small ball five. 13.7 points per game, 7.8 rebounds, 1 assist, 1.2 steals, 0.3 blocks, and 1.3 turnovers per game on shooting splits of 43%, 35% from 3, and 70% from the line. He reminds you a little bit of Josh Hart, I think. Days definitely had an underrated career at LSU. You know, he's kind of that role player glue guy off the bench, I think. They can just do a lot of the dirty work both offensively and defensively. He's got a good and quick shot with a high release and showed improvement as a shooter. He's not nearly as consistent as you would like from him, but if that shot is real, his ceiling expands and he's going to be a steal of a second round pick big time. Defensively, Not great on the perimeter, can't really handle guards, but he can guard both front court positions and he's got a really strong motor and a very good feel for the game. And maybe, just maybe, you can play him a little bit as a small ball five. And he's excellent around the rim um, and he can finish inside and rebound as well. So he's also excellent at putbacks. Always a useful thing with a guy that likes to get inside like Zion Williamson does. Being able to attack the offensive glass, get those really easy putbacks, two points off an offensive board. Wonderful thing. One of the more efficient shots, looks you can get in the NBA, though it comes after someone missed, which makes it a little bit weird. But he's a guy that I think could be an option. You know, if they want to go a little bit homegrown, you know, he's the cheaper, you know, the kind of slightly worse option than Tari Eason is. And he's going to be available, I think, in the second round. So those are the names that I think the Pelicans could have. Eight names in the second round. Patrick Baldwin Jr., really intriguing. Kean Ellis, kind of following the model of Herb Jones there. Kai Soto, a lot of upside and really strong size. You've got Makovic out of Croatia, too. They said they like international guys. Johnny Juzang, if you need a shooter. Isaiah Brockington, if you need a kind of a self-creator, an offensive guy. Ishmael Kamagate, another big that I think shows two-way potential and some mid-range and a little bit of playmaking in Darius days. Are there any of those eight names that jump out at you that you really want to see them take in the second round? Is there someone I haven't mentioned? Let me know in the comments down below there on YouTube. So we're getting you set for everything when it comes to the NBA draft. So tomorrow I'm giving you my final NBA big board. It's changed a lot. I think I've really mixed up the order of the top three, four, five guys in this as well. And it differs from a lot of other people. Maybe what you're thinking too. So make sure you check out tomorrow's podcast as well. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with y'all tomorrow.